0: You think. Welcome to the IWork Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. We've got Tom and Pam Wolf joining us once again from Identity and Destiny. Each one of us struggles with hey, who am I? Who, who did God create me to be? And what am I supposed to do with that? And, and, you know, what's my identity? What's my destiny? We ask those questions all along. And many years ago, Tom and Pam were inspired by the Lord to write. Now, I would just call it a Bible study workbook. It is the most powerful study I've ever been through in my life. I call it identity and destiny. It racked my world. I always tell people it's the greatest study that will change the way you think about how you walk with the Lord. It's the, and the reason it's so powerful is it's infused with scriptures from one end to the other. And it really just teaches you about what the Lord has in store for you. Tom and Pam, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank Hi, Jim. you. Thank you. All right, you, Tom, you and I last month got to have a conversation about identity. We got started, but I knew you know we lacked the female part. You know, fem- well, Pam just she's got women's intuition going in her uh, her way, not our way, and and we we know that women always think differently. But we had a great conversation. In fact, the phones were ringing off the hook to get a copy of Identity and Destiny. Let's kind of step back a little bit for those people that maybe are listening today that didn't get a chance to hear uh, what identity is. But before we do that, of course, the question is always, Pam, let's just start it off with you. How's Christ making a difference in your life today?
1: He is uh, inspiring me once again to step out of my comfort zone. Uh, You made a quick announcement last week or last month. The reason I wasn't here, I was at the uh, Christian Women of Influence Luncheon, sponsored by WTBN here locally. And uh, two years ago, God laid on my heart to start business mastermind groups under the name Christian Women of Influence. And I went, I bought the dot-com two years ago and I've been sitting on it. And as life has happened and busyness has happened, I hadn't made a move. And when the Christian Women of Influence Luncheon uh, was announced, I just really felt like God was saying, okay, girl, it's time. So... Here I go again.
0: <laughs> why, why don't you talk about that really quick? Talk to me what that what that what's that ministry going to be about?
1: That ministry is going to be a place to bring Christian women who are leading companies, whether they're entrepreneurial, whether they are entrepreneurial, meaning leading um, departments or divisions within organizations or leading ministries, and really bringing them together to not only focus on their their business as marketplace ministry. And, and as a gift from the Lord for them to steward in the marketplace, but to really also equally focus on excellence in their businesses and bringing women together who get it, who've been there, who've done it, who have the experience and um, uh, wisdom to share with each other. So this is not, uh, this is not for, for beginners. Um, it, it, you could be bringing a business out of the ground, but you need to have kind of been there and done it before. Uh, because I really am looking for 10 very, very specific women that I know God's identified already. I just need to meet up with them. Um, what, who,
0: does, describe what those women look like.
1: Um, those women are leaders. Um, they are at a place where they're, they've already built a platform. They have an organization that already, um, they have staffing responsibilities. They have financial management responsibilities and they are ready to take that platform to the next level. And they know that they need to figure out how to do that from a business perspective. But also, as women grow in responsibility, we still have all those other everyday life responsibilities. And how do we balance that? And how do we do that with grace? Do we do that in a healthy way? And- um, do it was still having the impact that we know we're called to make in the market.
0: And how could people find out more about that? Christianwomenofinfluence.org um, or .com. Nope, we don't ha-
1: we don't even have the landing page up oh, I, mean, don't? I okay. am I am fresh out getting this. So they
0: can find out more from identityanddestiny.com. Identity and, identity Destiny.
1: and com? Destiny and contact me directly through the website. So
0: identityanddestiny.com, contact Pam Wolf. We're talking today with Tom and Pam Wolf from Identity and Destiny. And you can find out lots more about them online, online at identityanddestiny.com. That's identity and destiny.com. And let me just say that one more time. Identityanddestiny.com. And why do I repeat this? And why are Tom and Pam part of the show on a regular basis? Here's why. My life's never been the same since I read the book and went through the workbook that Tom and Pam put together. I finished on September the 3rd, 2013, and it came away with my with my purpose statement and you know, it's it's just no looking back. I got to just explain to you that this is a study that every Christ follower should go through, just like uh, all of a sudden the, uh, the the God study by. Why am I just drawing a total blank? Uh,
1: experiencing, God. experiencing God. Yes.
0: Just like everybody should go through experiencing God. I hate that when I do that online. We're, we're live God on study. here. Just like everybody <laughs> should go through experiencing God. Everybody should go through identity and destiny, and. In the next year or two, this is going to storm the country. So get in on it right now. Go to identityanddestiny.com, order your copy of your book, and you can actually sign up to get a mentor to help you through as well. Find out more from Tom and Pam on identityanddestiny.com. All right, Tom, I promise you I was going to ask you a doozy of a question. Uh-oh. So from your unique vantage point in your work, how do you... Well, give me your perspective on the brokenness in the world that you face. From your unique perspective of where you sit on a daily basis, give me your unique perspective on the brokenness that you deal with on a daily basis.
2: Well, from the identity and destiny work, uh, I realized that most people just don't know themselves very well, and they don't know who they are. Uh, most people, 97%, do not know their purpose, and they do don't take the time to figure it out. They don't even go to the Lord and ask and listen. So that, that's one aspect of it. From the business coaching work that I do, uh, what I find, unfortunately, with a lot of Christians is they pray for God to go do the hard work and then they sit back and wait for Him. And I don't think that's what we're supposed to do. I think uh, uh, I heard, a, I, I don't can't remember who said this, but God feeds all the birds of the air, but He doesn't throw it in their nest. So to me, that says we have to go out. We have to make <laughs> so, things happen. We have to really take good. action.
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right. So let's, thank you. That was, that was good. And it is something just based on the response from the shows that we've had thus far, as we've just gotten started this year, people really do want to know who God created them to be. And it's a question, you know, that it, it's one, of, it's that question, you know, what's, what's the purpose of, what's the meaning of life? Well, the meaning of life is really a little bit different for each one of us because we filter it through our own who we are. Who did God create us to be? The meaning of life is still to find out that Jesus is who he says he is, and we need to worship him, that he needs to become our Lord. But each one of us experiences God Differently. Differently. Of course. Yes. If I had just said that ahead of time, I'd remember the name of the book. <laughs> but we do because we've got seven billion souls on this planet and every one of us was created in God's image, but every one of us is different. That's right. That, that's an amazing thing. So let's start the conversation on what is identity?
2: Uh, identity is really who we are. It's a being type of situation, not doing. Americans, Western cultures, very oriented towards doing. You ask somebody, who are you? And they'll tell you what they do. I'm an attorney. I'm an accountant. I'm a salesman. I'm this or that. Who are we? Who are we at our core? It's our essence. It's the deepest part of us. It's that part that if we're with a group and, and that one person walks away, then something's missing. And what is that element that's missing? And that I mean, Western culture just doesn't talk in those terms very much.
0: Pam, when you give us give us that female perspective and and add to what Tom, I know you guys do this together, and you guys can repeat each other's words, but when somebody asks you that question, what is identity? What do you say?
1: Um, I would answer it probably about the same way, but I think I'd like to circle back around to your question about brokenness Um, because I think we do have a unique vantage point in terms of being able to view the brokenness of the world through the lives of the people that we work with, and. Primarily, what I've seen is Satan doesn't have to get overly creative to cause us to lack a sense of identity, identity in the way that God has created us, because he only needs to convince us of one thing, and that is that we are unworthy. All he has to do is convince us, I'm not good enough. And then, whatever God has planned for us, we're too timid, we are too broken. By that belief about ourselves, to step boldly into what we're created to be and do.
0: And the enemy does work overtime at that. Just, Amen. just, I mean, like you say, it doesn't have to be creative, but it is <laughs> when you talk to people on the streets, Tom and Pam. I mean, people, they, I mean, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy was made fun of in the movies 30 years ago, but it's really true. People just, mm-hmm. we have so much brokenness, so many people that have been abused both mentally physically. Uh, verbally, mentally, physically, uh, I mean, just...
1: The statistics yeah. are horrifying. Yeah, horrifying. Yeah. And, and, yeah.
0: and the sexual abuse, I mean, just the whole mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. everything just mm-hmm. destroys people, and that's what the enemy wants to do. But the great news is that we're all capable of restoration in Christ. Yes. I and mean, that sanctification process is... It's it's a, it's amazing. And this study really helps people find out the depth. I mean, it really may, I think that's what's the hardest part about it. It makes people deal go to the depths and actually it has to go deep. to
1: the core right? which is it's not just what you think about yourself or what you think about your past but it's what you've come to believe as a result of that. The the bedrock is beliefs. And really what this study does and we're not brilliant enough to realize that that's really what it was doing when we were writing it. But when we step back away from everything that God helped us put together in this workbook, it is about helping people believe the truth about themselves and step fully into that. Not the truth about what other
0: people say about them, but the truth about about them. Or what their
1: past even says to them. it's, It's really coming to the truth of what God has spoken into their lives. And really, you know, the last half of the book is seeking God for answers. It's like letting God do that. Um, download, take all the information that they've gathered through the process, but then say, so what does God say that means for me? Like you were saying, you came uh, away at the end with your statement that changed your life. What he gave you was a new identity statement that said, Jim, here's who you are. Here's exactly what I've wired and designed you to do from before the day you were a gleam in your mom and daddy's eye.
0: He knew me before.
1: Yes. I was there. Yes.
0: When I look at the workplace and the people that I work with, sometimes people that have worked for me in the past, this if you could help people find this, their identity and their destiny, you can either get a lifelong employee or you help them get into a spot where they could be a lifelong employee. Because if people could really find out where how they're wired and get plugged into a job that matches how they're wired, mm-hmm. that changes. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's, it's a god
1: given sweet spot. Right?
0: It's that. Gosh, I think I saw that. Oh, yeah, it's right in the front of the book.
1: <laughs> I
0: mean, it is. But it's so amazing, and a lot of people think, "Well, Jim, why are you talking about identity and destiny?" I'm like, because if you could find this, it changes your workplace. Mm-hmm. And really, for some people, it doesn't switch your workplace. It changes your attitude towards your workplace. Mm-hmm. And for some, it just means you need to change chairs in your workplace. And for some, it needs to mean you need to find a new workplace because where you're at goes completely grinds against what you've been given to do. Tom, when you when you see that, when you deal with that, because you're dealing with biz- both of you are dealing with business owners all day long, and you see them struggle with hiring and firing. Yes, I mean a business owner struggle with hiring and firing. Most of them are lousy with hiring. They just say, "Well, I got a hole, I got to fill." Most of the time, they never consider any of the stuff that you're talking about in this
2: book on whether these people are really a fit. Well, part of what uh, brought the book about uh, in the first section where we do this deep analysis of an individual was because they were some of the tools that I used when I used to sit down and and take a client on. I'd have them answer all these questions, go through these questionnaires, do this inventory of who they were. And as I'd sit down and explain this with executives, these are already owners of businesses. And they'd go, oh my goodness, I've never seen all of this information about me in one place. Now I really understand why I hate doing this, or I'm good at doing that, or I can't get along with this person, or why I love working with this person. And it was such insight for them that I said, wow, if these people don't understand it, then the person who's out there in the street doesn't understand it at all. And this is where we started. This was the first step in this whole process of coming to identity and destiny.
0: Uh, And it is, it's a desperate need out there. Our society, and and really I've been saying it the last several weeks because people are so caught up in the political frenzy. If we're going to impact our culture, we got to bring truth to our culture and we need to bring it to them in the workplace because they're not going to go to church. And this is a truth we can help people with because it doesn't, if you could deal with them right at their core, you're not talking about religion. You're talking about them. You're talking Mm -hmm. about who were they created to be. And everybody has that deep desire deep inside of them. Find out. Why am I here? They want to know that. We're talking today with Tom and Pam Wolf from Identity and Destiny. You can find more about them online at IdentityAndDestiny.com. And absolutely, if you're driving, don't look them up right now. But when you get home or if you're sitting at your desk listening to us on iHeartRadio, go to IdentityAndDestiny.com. Right in the front page, you'll see a picture of the front of the book. It says, Finding Your God-Given Sweet Spot with a target right on it, a blue target. Tom and Pam, as you guys have dug into this, and and, you know, and Jose asked us a great question off the off the air because he's like, well, so does this take the disc and and teach me more about myself and utilize the disc? And and the honest answer is you got twenty is it's twenty or twenty-five different assessments that help people learn about themselves individually.
2: Yes. I think there's at least twenty five. Uh, so We, we can look count at, them up
0: between the next break. I think it's we look at 28. <laughs> <Okay>.
2: Who's counting? <laughs> we look at communication style strengths and weaknesses. We look at thinking style strengths, strengths and weaknesses, uh, thinking traps, core values, spiritual gifts, passions, and then there's a bunch of minor questionnaires. But they're the biggies that you pull all that all together, oh. and a person looks at it and goes, "Whoa!" He go, he glossed over
0: the one that just tipped me up, tripped me up. Resilience, Resilience. the resilience questionnaire, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so Pam, you had a really cool devotional time this morning. I did, I love that. So, talk to us about that.
1: Well, and it just goes to show that God's never finished teaching us so that we can continue to grow and teach others. Um, and I'm just so grateful for that because I knew we were going to come on here and we were going to be talking about identity again, and um. As I was journaling this morning, he began to bring some scriptures to mind. And when he starts to do that, I'll open my Bible and just start kind of going from one to the next as he bring, brings them to mind. And the first scripture that he brought to mind for me today was um, Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinketh, so is he. And that really is at the core of what we've been talking about with identity. We are what we think, and we are who we think we are. And until we can re- renew our thinking with who God says we are, we can't know the truth. And obviously then it took me to John 8, where he said, um, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Getting, it, getting the awareness and the knowledge of the identity that God has for you frees you from the bondage of that worthlessness, of the, of the beliefs that you've come to think about yourself through, rather than the truth of God's Word and then he took me on to um, the idea of taking every thought captive because even once we get that identity you know that the old news replays the old films and the old tapes keep playing in the background and so we have to constantly be on guard to be renewing our mind with the truth that we've come to learn until it becomes who we believe we are. And that's 2 Corinthians 10 something, isn't it? 2 Corinthians ten five through 6. And it says, and listen to how that scripture starts. And that's why I love going to the word when I just get a piece of a scripture. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive unto Christ. So it's like he's saying, here's how you can demolish those pretenses, that the, that thinking that's contrary to what, I, what I'm telling you.
0: Well, and a lot of people, when that scripture was written, uh, that was, uh, you know, 2,000 years ago, all they could think of to hold something captive was rope. Well, today we've not only got duct tape, we got monster tape that can hold a thought captive. <laughs> gorilla, a gorilla, gorilla tape, that's what it was. Gri- <laughs> No, they have gorilla tape, that's what it was. Gorilla tape, and that's way more effective in holding something captive. Because when you look at it, I mean, there is nothing, and that's what I do in my own mind when i'm when i'm struggling and i've got to hold a thought captive where i've got to go oh no i'm not going down there again walk in the other right. direction it, it, i actually have to physically wrap it up in my head and throw it overboard right,
1: right. It's kind of
0: violent but i've watched enough of those movies you know just no, take it up no throw it over yeah. cast it over
1: and 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 you may have to do that moment by moment in the beginning well
0: yeah well yeah sometimes yeah and yeah, then it they comes yeah. sideways it yeah, again yeah. yeah
1: yeah and and then he took me full circle back to the scripture you started with today which is romans 12 2. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's what got me. The last half of that scripture says, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And everybody wants to know what is God's will for my life? Mm -hmm. And what he's saying is you got to renew your mind with the identity of who I say you are and the truth of that to be free to then step into my will. Wow. Uh,
0: it's it's overwhelming because, <laughs> I mean, really, we could have a whole show just in that, and really we are. But what, what I just keep looking at, those four verses, and, and a lot of people think that you know, well, the, the truth will set you free, people think that that really came from the movie Independence Day. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, we have friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, workers that are suffering, that mm. are captive. They're captive by things that were poured into them by evil people as children, yes. by evil bosses as adults, and they are beat down, destroyed, and that's the enemy's tools. Mm. So, Tom, as you you you've you've gone into this, you're dealing with business people. How do you help business leaders understand that they need to set their people free by feeding this into them?
2: Well, first, I create some transformation in them so that they understand that, and then uh, as they start to grasp it and they start to understand it, then they realize that the people that they're dealing with are, are victims. They feel more like victims as opposed to beneficiaries in this world. And how do they get them engaged? By getting them to realize they have choices. Uh, they can uh, lay out plans. They really have more control of their life and their future than they believe. And when you do that, then you have a happy, engaged employee, and everybody wins.
0: When you guys went through this the first time, you guys came out with identities. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom shared your story last month. We'll share it again, though. So, Tom, what was your identity statement? And I'm leading up to this because we promised people in the last two segments we'd actually tell them what Jesus's identity <laughs> statement was. But, Tom, what was your identity? When you went through all this, and you were preparing this for a Bible study at church, right, a small group study?
2: Uh, well, yeah, I was pulling it together, but okay. I had uh, worked on this myself uh, I didn't have it set up as a program, but uh, my identity that the Lord gave me was I'm a source of focus and strength. And the first time I sat down with uh, my coach who had worked with me for several years and I shared it with him, he sat back in the booth and he goes, oh, my goodness, that is so you. I was like, well, I guess got that one right. <laughs> it's good to get something right, isn't and for it? for those
1: who know, who know DISC, he's a high D And that is a perfect fit.
0: (laughs) So Pam, what about you? What did the Lord reveal to you when you went through this the first time?
1: Um, If I, if you'd given me a hundred words and lined them up and asked me to pick the one that he gave me, it would have been the last one on the list. He said, Pam, you are a peacemaker. And um, I have been following and walking with the Lord for 15 years now. But when you don't come to know the Lord till you're 47 years old, Peacemaker would not have been the way I would have described my life up to age 47.
0: And that's the that's the amazing that's just it's it's just amazing.
1: Well, and as I looked back over my life though, I realized there were there were two things that became clear to me. The first was I had been a business broker for 17 years when that was revealed to me. And the thing that I I would tell people I was best at was taking two people with opposing agendas one wanting to sell for the most money, one wanting to buy for the least money and bring them together and have them actually stay at the table to do a transaction. What is that but a peacemaker? Right. I mean, I've been doing it and I was really good at it. So obviously God <laughs> had wired me that way.
0: Yeah, Tom, that didn't surprise you, though. No. Because you had um, already lived with her
2: for a while when she got this statement. Well, sometimes she's a peacemaker. But...
1: <laughs> well, but here's what, here's what <laughs> happened, though. It, and here's what God has shown me, and I've seen it happen over and over in the lives of the people we've worked with. If you don't know that about yourself, your greatest strength, unguarded, can become your greatest weakness. Because I became not a peace, key, a peace peacemaker, but a peacekeeper. One of those peace at all costs kind of girls, mm-hmm. otherwise known as codependency. Mm-hmm. And I had about a 10-year journey of sorting that out. I am now walking in victory 9 years. Hallelujah. They help us celebrate recovery and some other things that I've done. But um, yeah, we need to know it for a lot of reasons.
0: No, and and you're speaking to thousands of people today who are in exactly the same spot that they've lived in codependency all their lives. That's just the way they grew up. Yes. And so it's it's powerful. All right. I promised it, but it's going to come up right after this break. We're going to get into some identities right out of the scriptures. And maybe I'll even share mine that I got out of going through the study. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We're talking today with Tom and Pam Wolf from Identity and Destiny. What is your identity? Do you know? If you don't, you got to go to identityanddestiny.com. This is a study, a program that every Christ follower in the United States of America should go through. It is not. It is priced so that everyone can experience it. And, you know, listeners, I'm speaking to you at the same time as speaking to me and Tom and Pam. We're living this. We are surrounded by people all over our neighborhoods, the people we work with, people in our families, people in our neighborhoods that are suffering from the identity that the enemy keeps telling people that's who they are, instead of the truth of what our Heavenly Father is telling people. And and this study helps break through some of those really demonically set walls. You all know people that have been told that they're worthless, they're useless, they'll never amount to anything. Things that were spoken into them by, a, by an evil parent. And it's just not true, because in Christ, we're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. But it is grasping that truth and, and and holding on to our Heavenly Father to break from maybe an evil earthly father or earthly mother. This is tough. And we have people all around us that are suffering. And this is a study that can help wake them up. And, you know, Tom and Pam, I've worked with business owners who have gone through this study with everybody in their business, whether they're Christians or not. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing thing. It's It's a little tougher. Because that that's actually a pretty bold step to take for a bunch of people that are like, you hey, well, I'm not really a Christian. I'm not sure I really want to go through this. But that still works, doesn't it?
2: Oh, yeah. They just have to believe that uh, they were created by God and they just have to believe that uh, the scriptures are a credible source of wisdom and guidance. That's it. If they can believe those two things, of which I would bet 95% of people could say, yeah, I could go along with that. Uh, they start in it a lot of times as they start to get deeper. I've had people ask for more, so it's pretty neat the way it works.
0: Well, and and that's really the truth, because almost everybody will recognize that there is a higher power. They do it in in AA forever, at least to get them started. And everybody in this country already recognizes the Bible as a source of wisdom, because they quote it all the time, they just don't know they're quoting it. Right. Right, Right. All right, so we've been promising our listeners, Tom and Pam, that we go through some biblical identities. And Tom, you and I talked about this before the show, but... Jesus had an identity statement, John the Baptist had an identity statement, and Gideon had an identity statement. Those are the only three you told me about ahead of time. So let's start with Gideon.
2: Right. Gideon, uh, well, he was the smallest man in the smallest tribe. He didn't have a very good identity of, of himself. And then the angel of the Lord comes and calls him Almighty Warrior. That was God's identity for him. Think of that. Almighty Warrior. And this guy was nowhere near that. So when God gives you his identity and you grow into it, which you will when he gives it to you, you can become a mighty warrior. So,
0: so Pam, were there any, you know, there's several women that are highlighted in the, in the Bible. Any women with identity statements in the scriptures? I'll let you think about that one while I go back to Thomas, because okay. I know I didn't tell you I was
2: going to answer that question. <laughs> All right. So Gideon had mighty warrior. John the Baptist. <laughs> Well, John the Baptist, it's really interesting. The Pharisees came to him and actually said, who are you? And uh, like I said at the beginning, we don't ask questions like this, like that in this culture. Who are you? And he, his answer is in John one twenty three. says, I'm a voice crying in the desert, or I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. That was his identity. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Pretty cool. And that's exactly what he did. that's right.
0: and, and wasn't that actually predicted in Isaiah, wasn't it what that what his because he was just repeating scripture that had been spoken about him? I think so. yeah, all right, so then moving on to Jesus. Jesus had an identity statement, yeah. and in fact, I, I can tell you this identity statement is one that really twists the world. I mean, you talk people go, yeah, but Jesus, he's just too narrow minded. yep, that's right because he's he, he said in Matthew eight, I believe it was, you know, narrow is the gate that leads to Heaven, wide is a gate that leads to destruction. Something like that. It's a little bit of a paraphrase. What was Jesus' identity statement, Tom?
2: His identity statement is in uh, John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me.
0: Which he was saying, hey, it's exclusive. Dude, there's no other way. I'm the only way. And, And what's amazing is I was at a funeral several years ago, and the pastor read the first half of that. I'm the way. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he stopped. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to just stand up and go, what about the second half of the verse, people? <sighs> My wife made me sit down. She said, "She, she said just keep quiet. Don't, don't do it. It was a friend's funeral. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But people, but that's the problem. In today's world, they only want to hear the first half of that verse. Because Jesus laid it all out right there. And, and when he rose from the dead, I'm like, okay wow, he was pretty serious about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, so Pam, how do you, how, when people people say, well, Jesus, he's kind of narrow-minded. I'm not really sure that I believe that. I mean, how are you dealing with that?
1: Um, that is a common um, phrase. In fact, Christians all over the world are considered narrow-minded, bigoted, whatever, whatever the phrase is that the world wants to place on us. But um, the way I, turn that around, if you will, and hopefully cause people to consider it differently, is to say it's an invitation, an open invitation to absolutely everyone. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You have a choice, but I'm showing you a better way. Will you choose it? And it is, it is an all-inclusive invitation. No one, not even me, after 47 years of chaos— was eliminated from that invitation list.
0: Well, and, and that's the good news. It's never too late for us to come to Christ as long as we're alive. Yes. And, and he gives us that option. And, and it Because I've known people come to Christ in their deathbed, many. And that's awesome. But we've got the privilege of knowing the Lord before we die. So we actually have a relationship already. You know, those people that die on their deathbed, they come to know Christ and put their faith in him. They have to get to know him in heaven. We get to carry this relationship with them into heaven.
1: So, and as, how much better life is here after that?
0: Oh yeah, that's the understatement of the <laughs> I, I, day. I,
1: I get the before and after picture.
0: <laughs> on a rainy day on Monday, those are some big, powerful words. It, it, life is so much better now. It's not without issues. No, right, and that's what I'm, I'm. I'm constantly amazed at Christians who have issue with God because their life isn't perfect after they came to Christ. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, where did it say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't read that. I must have missed that scripture. Must have been in Second Hesitations 5. Right. <laughs> All right. So give me some scriptural examples of some identity statements. Tom, we talked about this a little bit last time. You just gave us some, some people who said identity statements. Are there some other scripture ones that we should be seeking in order to find our own identity?
2: Oh, Wow. Well, the one that Pam talked about there in Proverbs, is certainly one.
0: Well, let's read that one again because that was really, really good. It's a great one, Tom.
1: For as a man thinketh, so is he. Proverbs twenty three seven, and basically what God is showing us there is that our thinking informs our beliefs.
2: Right. You are who you think you are.
1: You are who you think you are. And you are what you eat. Yeah.
2: On <laughs> both of those.
1: Yeah. <laughs> More importantly, what you think. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. I know, uh, but it but it is true. I mean, we've got examples of people all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
0: when you look at identity as a, as part of the whole the whole program that you're helping people go through, identity, destiny, and eventually their assignment, where does this fit in? I mean, how how key is this before they go on to find out what they're supposed to be doing?
2: Well, I think uh, your identity determines your destiny, so it's very impactful totally related. And when I started this uh, this whole program, I thought that the destiny was going to be the big impactful part of it, knowing your purpose. Mm-hmm. Really what I found is that your identity is the big impactful part. Answering the question, who am I in God's eyes, just ripples through every aspect. It ripples through your relationships. It ripples through your career and work. Ripples through your spiritual perspective. Everything that you do, everything you touch, everything you impact Identity has a play in it. Oh, want to change your life? Get your real identity in Jesus.
0: That's pretty powerful when you, when, you, when you think, okay, people are just going to find out what they're supposed to be doing, but they really just want to find out who they are. Because we all, it, it, it's such a, I mean, I believe this has been a pursuit from people from the very beginning. People who just want to find out, why am I here? I mean, and Adam and Eve had their identity their identity was stripped of, from them. Their original task, and that was more their, their assignment, excuse me. Their assignment was still, uh, their assignment was changed. Their identity was the same. I and mean, she was going to be the mother of all children. Uh, but it was, that must have really messed with them when all of a sudden they, they were here. But when they send all of a sudden their assignment, their destiny really
2: changed. Oh, mm-hmm. I would think that uh, that'd be crushing to think of that. I mean, they had an opportunity to work, walk with God and talk with God. And uh, I mean, now we have that opportunity too, but they had it in a physical sense. And uh, uh, to lose that,
0: imagine the disappointment. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about some people who have gone through this study, this program, and the impact it's had on their lives. Uh,
1: the one that I love to quote uh, often, I may have done it on the show before, uh, was one of our very first licensed facilitators. And uh, so many people start this journey wanting some clarity and direction. They finally have kind of hit the wall. They're t- tired of trying to figure out what they're supposed to do, what choices they're supposed to make, what does God really want me to do with my life? And they get to a point where they want clarity, focus, direction, and some answers. And after this um, client of ours went through the study, he said, I now have a power that very few people have. I have the power to say No. Because my yes is so big, and the reason I think that's so important is if you—I've t- been doing this for several years now—but if you um, start to pay attention, when I used to ask people, "So how are you?" and they didn't really want to get into a deep conversation about it, people would just say "fine," although they weren't really fine. But that's what people say. No, they meant
0: fine, completely freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yes,
1: yes, that <laughs> that kind of fine. But now you know what they say: busy. I'm so busy. Think of it. Start checking that people are so busy. But if you have a plumb line, if you've gone through the process of understanding who you are, what God has for you to do in this world, you can now make wise choices.
0: And I love asking people that question because people say I ask people how they're doing and they say fine or they do say busy. You're like, yeah, you know what? Well, how are you really doing? Because yeah. I really want to know. Yes. And, and that, that breaks. You have to ask twice because they got to know that you really care. Because mm-hmm. because everybody from New York says, ah, how you doing? They don't really want an answer. How are you doing? That's just how they say hello. Yeah. All right. You're listening right. to I Work For Him radio program with your host, Jim Brangenberg, as we talk with Tom and Pam Wolf from identityanddestiny.com. That's identityanddestiny.com. Tom, when you when you find out your identity... How do you come into the alignment with your identity once you know what God is saying about you personally? How do you figure how do you start developing what does this look like?
2: Well I think the first thing you have to do is you have to really start uh, saying it to yourself over and over. Uh, we suggest you say it every day you start the morning off by standing up and saying it out loud. But I think that you've got to repeat it because you've got those deeply subconscious embedded thoughts of "I'm not good enough" or "nobody's going to take care of me" or whatever the heck the faulty belief is. And you gotta you gotta push that out. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is to start living it, acting, acting as if you know, fake it till you make it, whatever the saying is. Uh, just act it out and um, uh, find. Uh, people that you can read biographies on people who have the characteristics and those traits that you think uh, would demonstrate the kind of identity that you have. And then, as Pam was saying, uh, using it as a, a plumb line a point so who to did make you, decisions. Who'd you read about? Ben Franklin.
0: Okay. And
1: who'd you read about, Pam? Oh, gosh, I don't think I did. Um, For me, it was um, the repetition, and it was looking back over my life and beginning to do the work to correct the unhealthy extreme to which I'd taken my identity.
0: Mm. Well, what a great conversation on identity today. When we come next month, we're going to deal with DISC and we're going to mm-hmm. deal and, because it really helps us understand each other. I mean, it's just one of the 28 different assessments they take within the Identity and Destiny program. But I'm excited about that conversation. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Tom and Pam, thanks a lot.
2: You bet. Thank you.
0: As we come to the end of another I Work for show, thanks for tuning in today. Hope you were challenged. I, I, I got to challenge it. Listen, go out to, to iworkrim.com, Listen to this whole show if you're just tuning in right now or go to IdentityAndDestiny.com. Get your copy of the Identity and Destiny program today. Order it today. This is If you're married, order two copies, one for you and your spouse. You need to do this together. And if you don't think you're mature enough to do it on your own, Tom and Pam can hook you up with somebody that will help lead you through this study identityanddestiny.com so what did you learn today what kind of an impact you can make in your workplace in this city what did you learn you know we learned today that our faith can impact our workplace by helping Our coworkers, our employees, understand their identity. Not the one that they've been lied to, the lies that have been pegged in their head for years, but the truth that comes from our Heavenly Father. We need to understand there is an epic battle for the souls of our coworkers and employees. The enemy takes this very seriously. Are you? The enemy's been feeding lies into the minds of those people we work alongside for years. Even maybe into your own mind, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is a study that can help people wake up to the truth that their Heavenly Father loves them deeply and designed them intentionally to make an impact on the kingdom and that he has a, He has an identity specifically designed for them. Identityanddestiny.com. It'll change your life. It'll change the lives of those around you. Identityanddestiny.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business, but ultimately... You guessed it, I work for him.